got Kevin, aka Alis Champlu, covering NERD's Maybe. Um, and uh, let's just get right into it. How's it going? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, thanks for coming on. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. You, you, you really? Yeah. I fuck, Zach told me you want to do this song, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's do it as soon as possible. I'm glad you can appreciate the nerd. Oh, man. I, I, I think this was one of... Because Lap Dance was the first song that I ever heard by them. Yeah. And um, I was into it, but it wasn't to this album, Flyer Die, came out, where I was like, I became a fan of NERD. Yeah. What, uh, what made you decide to do this song? Um, I'm like... A huge Pharrell fan. Um, I have like one of his quotes tattooed on my chest. He's a fellow Aries and like kind of like one of my creative inspirations. That's awesome. I, I think, and that's another thing too. He's like one of the coolest people on earth. Yeah. Everything about him is just, just, just bleeds cool. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, him as a, as an artist, uh, does he have kind of an influence on you as far as musically speaking? Oh yeah. Um, my artist name, Illichan Plu means coolest combination and he is like a multitude of different talents uh so he was kind of maybe even like the skeleton of what i was looking at when i was trying to like be a creative that's awesome yeah that's really cool do you remember the first time you heard this song or one of the first times you heard this song i was in high school uh i think this was still when i was like a quiet kid with the headphones on Uh and um i was like drowning myself out with nerd because i love the neptunes and then um, I heard this and noticed that uh, all the people in this music video were the same people in the uh, front music video. I yeah. started following from there. But I just love the like the guitar riff that just kind of goes. They can hear the snare drum because he was like a drum band guy. Yeah. And I, I picked it apart a lot and I still pick it apart a lot and kind of look at it as a reference for things. So it's always in my head. It's always in my heart. It, that's cool. I, I think that the thing I love about this song is it's so simple, but it's so... Mm-hmm. Like it just works. Um, I, I was looking at some of the comments and some of like the like uh, rap genius or whatever, and they were talking about how it, it sounds kind of like a Beatles song and it's simplicity, but it, it's just it's so infectious. It's just yes. a great pop song. Um, they've got Lenny Kravitz playing guitar on it. Quest Love is playing drums, and it's one of those things when I first heard that Lenny Kravitz is playing guitar, I couldn't unhear it. Now I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's obviously Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Like that tone and everything, and I actually didn't know that. I knew about Quest Love. Yeah. Then I same thing with the drums. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's it's so it's so cool, and it's one of those things that like that's the kind of fool they had in two thousand four. You know, they could. It's not you. You don't have him playing this like super technical solo or anything. It's just a really simple melody, but it, it's all Lenny Kravitz. Like he makes that that that's tone. Wild. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so you said you like the Neptunes. Uh, what yes. got you into the Neptunes? Um, the Neptunes got me into the Neptunes. Like yeah. literally, like I think I I heard Fronten for the first time, and I was like, "Who's this?" And then I look back, and then you have like Nerd. Um, and back then when I was listening to music, I would obsess over the like artists I would look into. So yeah. like it was Pharrell, Travis McCoy, and um, I can't remember right now, but. Um, I would look into like every little detail about Pharrell, like how he grew up in like Virginia Beach. Yeah. Um, how he's like a band geek, and uh, like his like early like career as he got in the studio and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I'm losing track because I'm trying to remember the other uh, artist. But um, what got me into uh, the Neptunes, I would say, would be like maybe even like the old like 80s and 70s music references because I grew up yeah. with like the baby boomer generation raising me and that's the kind of music I was listening to. 
That's cool. I think the first time I ever heard of Neptunes was Shake Your Ass by Mystical. <laughs> and it was one of those things. I, I, there's just something about Mystical that was so fucking cool when I was a kid. And hearing like Pharrell's like falsetto, <laughs> I was like, damn, this dude gets down. And then like the, the beat of everything about that song is just on another level. And if you I, ever see a pic, a videos of him in the studio, he's literally just like, yeah, <laughs> totally like possessed by the music. Yeah. Even in the in the maybe video, you're talking about Pharrell, right? Yeah, he just it's almost like he's like on a stick, like he's like a puppet. It's nuts. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, I got really into the Neptune. They're like, even now, like in 2020, they're they're one of my favorite producer. You know, they're back together now. Yeah, right? I saw that. Yes, I, I did because I was doing research about this. I didn't realize that NERD put out another album in 2017. It was a political album. Okay, you just talk shit about Trump. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I was really into Fly or Die, um, and then Seeing Sounds was big too. And I love that Fly or Die kind of was a transition because, because, uh, In Search of is a little bit more, it's, it's more like hip hop, you know, whereas yeah. Fly or Die was like a pop album. Yeah. And it was just a weird, it was a weird, but like fun transition for them. From what I understand, like the Neptune is supposed to be like pharrell and chad hugo's like sound like the sound they like yeah. made together in like high school and stuff which is going to be like more like neo jazz funk sound yeah it's a uh, great way to describe it yeah and then nerd is supposed to be like a rock band like yeah and then pharrell williams as himself is like this multitude of different sounds because he makes in sync music to trap music yeah that's one thing i love about him is just he's so diverse and it doesn't feel forced Mm-hmm. Everything seems very genuine. It feels like it is coming from him directly. Um, my favorite fun fact about him, though, is he produced uh, Rum Shaker by yes. Rekixen Effect. Yes. And I, I love that, like, every time I hear that saxophone, I'm just like, man, Pharrell did this. <laughs> Wrote for Salt and Pepper. Oh, that's right, too. Yeah. He was like 18 or 19 when, mm-hmm. when that, that album, where when Rekixen Effect, that single came out. And it's just so crazy. He's been in, like, the, the limelight for so long. And it's it's he still hasn't become you know a parody of himself right yeah it's coming though i mean honestly <laughs> uh if you look at other artists like tyler the creator uh-huh. and if you look at tyler the creator talk about like what are your music references like everything i make is like the neptunes mixed with beach house yeah and if you listen to all the sounds it's like that's exactly what his music sounds like yeah that's something also i like about just the 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 kind of uh influence that he already had not just musically but culturally too I mean, um, yeah, I feel like it made skate skating cool again in that sense, you know, like skating isn't just this white kid thing, you know, it's not just this, uh, suburban kid thing, you know, they were skating in the eighties and I mean, and obviously that was big with, uh, you know, in the eighties with, with, uh, with them and everything, but like in the mid two thousands, it became more of like, uh, more, more diverse in that yeah. way. People were kind of coming up more. Um, and then, you know, with, with guys like Tyler the Creator and even, uh, you know, the other Odd futures of like the internet's heavily influenced by. Oh my god! Yeah, they did a they did a AJGA or I think it was like a version of uh, Tape You. I think. Yeah, uh, they did. It was good. It was really good. I think it was AJJ. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those two. Yeah, and and yeah, it's just you hear it in all of their music, and and that cover was really great. It was really really cool. Um, so uh, in talking about the song itself, um. It, I think the first time I heard it was in an iPod commercial. And it's so interesting to look back because iPod commercials were kind of like the big like tastemaker songs. And and uh, a lot of the, the songs I heard 
on iPod commercials were songs I ended up going downloading. That's the whole purpose of the, the, yeah. the song and everything. But that was the first one I really remember being in an iPod commercial. And it's so funny because like the, the music video kind of feels like an iPod commercial with all the colors and yeah. everything. It's, it's a real cool kind of synergy between uh, you know the band and, and the music and, and the brand itself. The song just reminds me of like being a heartbroken middle school kid. Honestly. Yeah. I, I literally remember uh, like being at Skateline West when I was like 13 and then like hearing the song, it was like takes me back to like waiting for that one girl yeah. to meet on Friday and she never showed up. I totally put this on some mixed CDs in, in <laughs> high school for girls. Yeah. And uh, it, it's one of those, those things that like I, I it's, it still feels timeless. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like of its time, you know, it just, it could be now or anytime. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, have you ever seen them live? No. It took me a long time to like think about. <laughs> I haven't seen them live. I've seen artists influenced by them live, but not them live specifically. When Seeing Sounds came out, my brother and I waited during South by to see them, and they had two drummers, mm-hmm. and uh, they they killed it. It was amazing. We waited for a good two hours just to get in, and it was a weird combo because Sia opened for them, and this and is she was still like brand new. They probably didn't know. Yeah. She was, I mean, she was fresh off of like being in zero seven and, and, you know, that, that era of her career, she was still showing her face, you know? Um, and then this band from England, I think they're from England, the Cribs kind of Arctic monkeys ish open f- for both of them. And it was just, a, it was a weird combination, but it was like, it fit. And I feel like NERD really embodies that they, yeah. they combine all these elements of sound and into, to their, their show. And they're inclusive to all walks of life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it was, it was, I think, Definitely top ten shows of all time for me. It was it was just great. It was awesome. Um, so what other what other songs do you like from them? What are some other songs that are important to you? Uh, Provider, off of uh, In Search of, you know what from Seeing Sounds, um, Happy from Seeing Sounds, uh, Deep Down Body Thirst from uh, their last album. Okay, that was the one where he specifically just like, hey yo, the world's messed up. <laughs> it's okay. We'll we'll prevail. I don't think it's all NERD though, specifically, because like I, I said, front end. Yeah. Well, um, that girl, that's Pharrell. Yeah. Rockstar. Yeah. Oh, Rockstar was like, that was me feeling like a badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that because the, uh, they they could play instruments, but they wanted a different kind of sound for In Search of, and they got Spy Mob to play. Yep. And Spy Mob definitely have like their own unique kind of sound. Um, so it's interesting when going from in search of to, uh, to fly or die just because of how different the sound is and, and how eclectic, how much more eclectic I think fly or die is spy mob sounds a little bit more like, you know, rock oriented and, and that's a lot to do with spy mob. But, um, but yeah, so I, I was, you know, in doing research, uh, I, I found that, you know, like you said, they were band nerds. Uh, mm-hmm. Chad apparently was the drum major in marching band and Pharrell was on drumline. And I didn't know this, but they were friends with Timbaland. And I didn't know that either. They grew up with I Timbaland. They just like met him at some point in their careers. Yeah, apparently, like they they grew up with him. I don't know if they were because I think he's a little bit older. But uh, that would but make they, so much sense that the, the way they use their yeah. sounds. Yeah, it's nuts, <laughs> man. It's it's so crazy, like how connected everything is, and and uh, I I I'm not gonna I I like Timbaland, but I feel like as of late he doesn't. Ha- I, I prefer to Neptunes just because their sound is a little bit more. Timbaland's niche. Yes. Like if you want some like Indian flutes. Yeah. Timbaland got you. <laughs> those those fucking digital hi hats get me every time. Like it's just a, a certain hi hat sound. Like oh, this is a Timbaland song, isn't it? 
It's like when uh, when MIA put out uh, Kala, there's a song featuring Timbaland. Before you even hear Timbaland, I'm like, oh, it's just a Timbaland <laughs> track. I could tell right away. But see, it's almost like that with um, NERD and Pharrell's music. Like, you'll hear a song on a random album, and like Pharrell won't be on the front like credits, but you know that somebody went yeah. to the studio with the Neptunes and or went to studio NERD and like made that. Yeah. Those synths are, are very prominent. Um, they, they've got a certain synth sound that's really nice. And then uh, I think also just um, they're a little bit more, I don't want to say, like, like more like Asian yeah. influence. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's really, it's a cool eclectic like, sound. But yeah, you're right. You can definitely hear it. Have you ever heard uh, Neon Guts by uh, Little Uzi Vert? No. All right. So that's another one that's produced by Pharrell. And you can tell because Pharrell features on the song. But it's weird how it like boxes little Uzi in from like his style and meshes together to like a song where you can kind of understand what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it's cool to, that that they are they're able to do that. You know, um, they that's another thing I appreciate about them is that they're in their what, like mid late forties now, and and they're yeah. still they're still talking to, to younger artists. They're not just dismissing them, and they're right at passage in the music industry. Yeah, like if my music ever gets to the point where like. I get to meet Pharrell Williams. Actually, I knew an artist when in like 2012 who was working under Pharrell, but she lived here. And like, I stand her. I was just like, I don't like you. And I think you're <laughs> kind of like stuck up, but you know my idol. So I have to like talk to you. <laughs> and I thought she like reached the peak of like success in music. And I, it's still going to be a peak for success in music if I ever, ever get to meet Pharrell. Yeah. Oh, got all starry after a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I think that he's one of those people that, you know, it's it's just so it's just so fun to watch and see what he does next. It's it's you don't see a lot of artists like that anymore. You know, it, especially for what, thirty years now? He's so consistent doing that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and also, I mean, everything I I think he's one of those people who just has like a checklist of people he wants to work with and whatever they want to do, he's willing to insert himself and make yeah. it good. Exactly. You know, that's what, that's what he talked about in his uh, interview with Rick Rubin. He was saying that he wants to be like the light that guides other artists to like their best version of themselves, not change them up, but like, yeah, get adding to like what they have. Yeah, I, I think, and it's funny because I always like to use like uh, sports analogies, and I feel like Popovich has his like Greg Popovich has his team. He doesn't make them try to sh- shoot threes if they can't shoot threes, right. and I feel like Pharrell's a lot like that. It's like okay, you're not going to do music like this because that's not what you do. And I think that's why, I mean, a lot of people gave him crap for being on The Voice, but I think that's why he was so successful on The Voice. And, yeah. You know, he, can that's hear, what, he can hear the important parts of each artist. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. I'm not going to try to, like, make you an opera singer. Yeah. You're not an opera singer, but you're a really good this singer, and let's exploit that, and let's bring that out, and let's... For sure. He plays to their strengths, and um, and that's why you see a lot of those people who wanted to be on his team or wherever, however that worked. Um, I didn't watch it too much, um, but yeah, I think it's really cool, and I, th- I think it was really, 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 you know, kind of fresh to bring him in on that. Um, have you ever seen? Are you familiar with Nardwar? Yeah. So you've seen the Pharrell, the NERD Nardwar interview. The flies, outfits. Yeah. In that interview. <laughs> I remember. I was like, I want those sunglasses. <laughs> um, I love that interview because that's the that's probably the interview that like elevated Nardwar to the level that he is now. Because I, I just love how, one, I've always liked Pharrell, but that made me, like, realize how genuine mm-hmm. and how, like, humble he was. And, like, just seeing him sit back whenever he, like, inform- all the information that he brought 
to the table and Pharrell was just like like he just literally told him like this is the best interview I've ever had in my life. He did. Um what other interview? Actually, have you seen his interview series for uh the Reserve channel? No. Artist Talk? I don't think so. No. It's the funniest thing. Like Pharrell sits down and he like interviews contemporary artists and like legendary artists, classic artists like across the board. And like in the middle of the segment, like he has a naked woman walk out with water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 hilarious because like he's being like genuine fro, which is like chill, but like super like confident. Yeah, I want to show y'all a clip after this. It's like the best the best thing you'll ever see. It's called the Reserve. Yeah, but it's like Pharrell, like it's him, like guiding the whole conversation and like doing the interview. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely gotta check that out. Um. So, uh, so going back to the Neptunes, do you have any favorite Neptunes tracks or any any songs that that you feel really that were important to you as Neptune Neptunes tracks? Honestly, it's it's maybe maybe <laughs> it, it is maybe because I sing the song every day. It's hard not to. Yeah, from like the chill low vibe part to the the funk and the soul yeah. in his voice. For sure, and I think it really captures every aspect of of what makes a good song, what makes a good pop song. You know. Um, I always, I always go back. I think one of the first songs I think of with Neptunes is, is Toxic by Britney Spears. And oh man, I'm not a Britney Spears fan, but that that instrumental is dope, man. Doesn't he have like writer credits on that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah, that that song. And there was a back when like Limp Biscuit was like at the peak of their career, they put out a, an album called Old New Songs, where it was just remixes of all their songs. And the Neptunes did Nookie. And it's just so fucking unreal. It's so good. <laughs> you know what one Neptune's project I really liked, and I don't think it got put out much because this was during like the mixtape era uh-huh. when like people were just putting out mixtapes so they get free music out. Um, Pharrell remixed a bunch of Michael Jackson songs after he died. Oh, really? Yeah. He remixed them, but like with the Neptune sound. So like Never Can Say Goodbye, but it's Pharrell singing it. Did he do all the Thriller? Is that what it was? Or was it just a different I think mix? he did some of it. Because I feel like I remember a Thriller mix going out, but that might have been someone else. I remember I downloaded this mixtape, and it was just Pharrell remixes of all the Michael Jackson songs ever. That's awesome. And it was just straight up, like, you can hear all, you can hear Chad in the back making music with uh, the keys and stuff. And Pharrell harmonizing with Michael Jackson in a weird, like, Michael Jackson, Smokey Robinson-ish. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I haven't heard about that. That's dope. I got to check that out. Google it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we talked a lot about NERD, talked a lot about Pharrell. What other kind of, uh, what, what other artists, uh, kind of influence you in your music? Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean? Um, Travis McCoy, I said that earlier. People don't really listen to him like that, I don't think, but I think he's one of the best MCs ever. If you listen to like his old raps and stuff that he actually puts out still, um, actually that might be about it. I don't listen to... So much mainstream hip hop. I don't listen to so much mainstream R and B. There's an artist out named Choker. Uh-huh. Uh, he's this strange, like, alternative eclectic, like, I don't know what to what to call it, but you can tell he's literally a mixture. He's like a mixture of all these artists I just said right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I listen to a lot of alternative rock. Like, people know me for like getting drunk and screaming like the Strokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost, I almost did that cover, but I was like, no, everyone's expecting me. What, what, what song would you then? Someday. Oh yeah. What's the What's the last one they just put out that I really liked? The Angles. That was a long time ago. The song's called "Call Me Back." 
It's like a newer single just came out recently. Yeah. Okay. And they yeah. got another album coming soon. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? It's going on to Strokes. Um, what do you think of all their their side projects like The Voids or uh, Robert Hammond Jr. solo projects? I never like, like delved into those. It's interesting just to see them kind of go away from the Strokes, but also still kind of keep that mm-hmm. sound. Um, their wh- team, they're kind of like it. It kind of like set the forefront for bands like Tame Impala. Yeah. Where they're like a team of like friends that like make music together and they're not just Tame Impala. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. That's also like one of the most genuine things about like, I love when bands are, are friends before like they started a band because they were friends. Mm-hmm. That's always more fun. You can always tell too. You know, you see those bands who kind of like are, are kind of just brought together and there's nothing against it. I have nothing against that, but it always feels a little bit, a little bit not off, but just it's not as fun. I think no, no, because no, like all right, for example, because another alternative rock group, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, the original bassist, the way he would back up the vocals was just like great. Yeah. And now that he's not there, their music isn't. It's it has no soul to it anymore. So yeah. There's you don't have that chant in the background that keeps your heart beating. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is like you know. They their their new music is just so different. They're obviously just fifteen years later after their first album, and it's so crazy. Speaking of them, weird like small world stuff. The drummer went to high school with Amy Schumer. I remember watching like uh, oh, what was it, Mark Hoppus's rock show on Much Music, and oh she was like a correspondent, and she was like geeking out because her friend was in this famous band now, <laughs> Taking Back Sunday. Do you guys ever like think about like the way? A lot of like famous people we look at come from a peer group. Yeah. And then like think that maybe one day we'll all be in like a weird peer group, like, oh, I'm gonna be on this show. And then like, oh yeah, I know that one guy who's in that one band. I know that one guy that does that one song. I know that one guy that does those 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 movies there. Like Yeah. I I, I think it's cool to think about that. I always imagine that that's where it's gonna be, like for all of us. For sure. And I think that especially like, you know, here growing up in San Antonio, like everything is so connected for as big of a city as it is and if you meet somebody like on the strip of all places, of course, you're going to know probably one person who knows that person. The world's actually pretty small. I remember when I was 11, I met Beyonce. Oh, yeah? But like, I didn't think anything of it because I was like 11. And also she wasn't Beyonce, Beyonce. But like thinking now, I was like, wow, she did come from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the <laughs> craziest thing. I always, my girlfriend's from Virginia, which is where Pharrell's from. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always gets annoyed when I'm just like, we're, we're watching a movie or something. I'm like, oh, she's from Texas. <laughs> he's from Dallas. You know, and just, she's like, you have a big, like, it's a big state. So there's going to be a bunch of people from I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, yeah, it makes me happy to see, you know. And yeah, I forget that Beyonce's from Houston all the time until I think about it. I'm like, she's oh, from yeah. right there. And she's like one of the biggest stars on the planet. Like, and what happened was uh, my little cousin got lost at a concert a Destiny's Child concert and Beyonce found her. Oh yeah. So then we found her and she was with Beyonce. And I was like, what? That's awesome. Hey, uh, thanks guys. <laughs> 10 years later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have a friend who, uh, he doesn't remember this, but he said that his mom always tells him that, uh, when he was three, he went off in a restaurant. They couldn't find him. And they found him having dinner with David Robinson. Like he went to David Robinson's table Dude. And his mom's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And David mm-hmm. Robinson's like, no, it's cool. He ordered some nachos. David Robinson is my spirit animal. Yeah. He is a good <laughs> omen. I just, uh, I took a trip to Hawaii about two months ago. And uh, it was, like, last minute. Like, I was going to stay home. I was going to go. But, like, there was a ticket. And I was just like, I'll, I'll take it. <clears throat> and uh, 
literally as we're getting into the airport, like there's all this chaos and hustle and bustle. And all of a sudden, like there's just really tall guys sitting next to me. I'm just like, what is going on? I look up <laughs> and it's Dave Robson. And like, I've been a Dave Robson fan since like before I still have his like basketball cards. Yeah. And, uh, I look up and he's like, Oh, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and I'm just like, David Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that was my actual reaction. I, I felt like a nerd after he walked away because I was like, David Robinson. It's <laughs> like, all right, man, take, good seeing you. I was like, I could totally see that. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who just like is happy to He's see chill, people. Man. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, so I kind of want to go back to you were talking about Frank Ocean a little bit. Um, yeah. When uh, when Frank Ocean kind of came up, uh, you know, out of like Odd Future, I know he wasn't like officially odd future but like the turn i mean that was wow 10 years ago it's weird to think about that um i didn't expect that era of music to like really kind of dominate the pop charts now and it's so crazy to see how much it's changed uh what about frank ocean like musically are you into what what is it about him that you like i resonate with his vision i i saw best live show i've ever seen in my oh life. yeah uh, when Channel Orange just came out, uh, he performed at Emo's in Austin. And, like, it was me and my friends. We were, like, right in, like, the front row. Like, literally, like, if I'm sitting here, he's standing on the table. Oh, dope. Yeah. Um, that's where I met um, someone I collaborate with and work with a lot of Metallio. That's where we met. Uh, and he resonates with that sound as well. Um Every time I listen to Frego's music, I feel like he's illustrating, I mean, narrating and illustrating. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's creating, like, the world I'm in sometimes. I'm just like, what the, well, uh, what is it, Walter Mitty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that Walter Mitty moment every time he's, like, saying, like, anything. And uh, I remember at that show, like, I saw him, like, the way he connects with the crowd. Like, he looked at me, and he started singing, and the way he's, like, connecting with everybody is so real. And I wanted to be that kind of artist. So, like, I don't know, he's, like, a... A role model. That's uh, awesome. That's really cool. I, I love that. I, I think I, I've always just liked his sound in general. Um, he's, this is going to sound pretentious. But I, I like buying certain things on vinyl. Oh, yeah. His music is a type of music like I feel like you have to have on vinyl because it just really makes everything feel warm. He's another artist that I uh, hashtag stand. Um, I wish he would make music for all because, oh my God. Um, <laughs> Like, I know that uh, Channel Orange, Everybody Likes, was written in, like, two weeks, and it was, like, an ode to, like, soul music. Yeah. But people don't know often that uh, Blonde is his surf rock album. If you listen to it, it's a surf <laughs> rock album, and he intended it to be a surf rock album until that little switch up in Nights. That's cool. I, I really, I, and I know Blonde is probably superior. I, I was really big into Channel Orange when it came out. And uh, I, I think I, I kind of missed a boat on Blonde. I, I definitely need to check it out more because uh, the guy from Vampire Weekend did the guitar and like three songs. Um, he actually sampled a lot of the Beatles. I'm trying to think of like all the different like creds he did for that. And then he like finessed out of his record deal with that album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he released Endless, which was technically an album, got out of his record deal. Oh, and then he cashed in on the full 22 million that he made off of Blonde. He didn't have to spread it out with this whole record deal because oh, he's, cool. he's an independent artist now. And 
I know now he's doing this thing where he's releasing on his own terms, like, oh, I can release an album, or yeah. release one song, or I can release a music video, or whatever. It's a fucking event, dude. That's what I love a little about him is just like, I mean, it's nothing against artists who put out stuff every, you know, people have to stay uh, relevant, so they have to put out stuff every, but he doesn't have to, because he no. knows people are going to lose their shit over it, because yeah. it's that good. I think it's so dope that to have artists like that, and it's still like, you know, we have a lot of older people talk about how much the music industry has changed and like that, but that, that kind of stuff is still like, it's exciting and it's an event and you know, everyone's talking about it on social media and things like that. Frank was my backup cover. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Totally exactly, totally, yeah. Um, and maybe we can be able to crank out two of these. Hey, if you want, if to. you wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's really cool though. I, I love that, that, you know, there's just such an eclectic sound. You've got a lot of eclectic influences and it's so fun to like, kind of expand on those extrapolate these these things um you mentioned you know, Travis McCoy what do you prefer like his more like solo stuff or do you study the stuff with like gym class heroes gym or both class, <laughs> gym class heroes pre-gym class heroes solo stuff okay so um, I'm not even familiar with his pre-gym class heroes solo stuff there's an album out that he had called uh, for the kids it's the most oh man like what's this song beautiful day he's literally just like rapping out like the perfect day of just waking up, having a bowl of cereal, brushing his teeth, like okay. chilling. Um, his darker times, then he's talking about like his pill popping era. Um, this, this is bad, but I have like a uh, low key personal vendetta uh, against. Um, see, what's your face? Um, Katy Perry? Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm such a big Charles McCoy fan, I was like, you, <laughs> you. I think I, that's how I learned about her was through him. She was in the the video. Uh, yeah, uh, she was the last one. Cupid chokehold. Cupid's, cho- Cupid's chokehold. Can't say that. And I remember, like, I think they were supposed to be like, hey, whatever you do, just don't use me as, like, fuel for your, like, <laughs> fame fire. And then she made a whole album talking all this mess about yeah. it. I was like, oh. For real? That's right. I forgot. I forgot. One, I always forget they dated, and two, I always forget that that was kind of her apex or her her crossroad into like stardom. I like his style so much, though. Like everything he embodies, like his whole like his his fashion sense, the fact that he likes to like paint outside of the music, uh, the fact that he likes to do tattoo art outside of the music. Uh, he really doesn't do the music for the fame. He does it for his family and all that. Uh-huh. He's really like a down to earth like artist. I think. Like what else? Tyga. You know Tyga's his cousin. Oh really? Yeah. Tyga. Tyga was originally signed on Fuel by Ramen, and like it was him hooking up his little cousin with. That's like, not. Yeah. To think about. Think about that. <laughs> did he release anything to Fuel by Ramen or? He did. Like was it like an EP or an actual full album? I didn't even know that. I think there's I think his first album was like Fueled by Ramen. Then he jumped on Young Money. He was like, I don't know nobody else anymore. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> a Macarena. <laughs> that's nuts. That's that's kinda like the opposite of what happened with Danny Brown. Uh, <laughs> Danny Brown was in G Unit. And they Wait, thought, what? Yeah, Danny Brown was in G Unit. He's from Detroit and <laughs> G, he was in G Unit and I don't know, I can't remember the, who it was specifically. I think it was probably the game. Because it was like way, way back. And they were just like, you you're, you wear tight pants and you're weird. Like, we just, we like you and you're good, but you're just not our vibe. And then Have he, you ever seen Danny's house? No, I need to. I, it's on oh Vice, right? Or Viceland? God. I hear it's nuts. 
but he uh he's he's one of my favorite rappers out right now just because i I just love how like he's not afraid to be who he is yeah like really really yeah. not afraid <laughs> you've seen that interview with him and uh asap right mm-hmm. they're talking about kathy griffin <laughs> Yo, you really need to watch Danny's house. I every need to, episode yeah. of Danny's house. It's basically him just, you know, Mr. Rogers neighborhooding, <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse, sitting there talking to different like people in the world, but like it's him being him being Danny Brown about it. That's dope. Yeah, I, I it's it's definitely been I don't have cable, so I've been trying to is it on YouTube? Do they have YouTube? Yeah, you can see some episodes on YouTube. Okay, I got it. I think the what's the funny the, the episode about alien, she's like, You ever thought about having sex with alien? <laughs> I was imagine Jalen had like three titties or something. I was like, Danny Brown. That's another thing. I love the way he says titties. Like that's <laughs> there's a lot of people who say titties really good, but like when he's like, what is it? Uh oh, that one song, um, with it. He was like, sucking our own damn titties. Like just <laughs> it's just I was sold, right? That was the first song I ever heard by him, and I was like, Who is this guy? I need to know more about him. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, uh, when you talked about your influences, you said you're really into alternative rock. Talked about the Strokes a little bit. What other? You grow, I guess growing up in the mid aughts, it's kind of hard not to grow up with like alternative yeah. indie rock. And so, what are some other bands that you you liked? Uh, Deftones. Um, Daphne loves Derby. Oh yeah. Oh my god, Assault Lions. My favorite thing about Daphne Loves Derby is anybody who was in a band in San Antonio in the mid two thousands opened up for them at one point in their <laughs> oh. life. Oh yeah. That was when everybody was like getting pretentious about it. It was like, yeah, we <laughs> opened up for Daphne Loves Derby. It was like, where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> well, like everybody did though. I, I was in a band and played like 10 shows and opened up for them. <laughs> the first show I ever played was at Cafe Revolution. It was opening up for them and Spill Canvas. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like it's just, it's kind of like a San Antonio Rites of Passage in a way. Are they still doing things? Do you know if they're still... That's what I'm saying. Like, where are they now? Because I... You know what they are, but it just sounds different than it used to. Oh, yeah. Um, there's one more. And, like, this one's really big. And I I always forget the names of things that are really important right when I need to talk about them. <laughs> they did a cover of This Charming Man. Death, Death Cab did a Death cover. Cab. Death Cab? Okay. Oh, my God. Death, <laughs> Death Cab. I thought you said Death Cab. Maybe. I didn't, though. <laughs> Uh, like everybody had their emo phase. That was yeah. my emo phase. Was Death Cab for Cutie? I yeah. don't know all the words to all the songs. I just know the feelings to all yeah. the songs. A lot of tears for sure. That's like a, a live journal classic too, man. Uh, I really didn't get into them until um, Plans. That was where it really took off. Honestly. Yeah. Before then, it was kind of just like, eh. no. Take it back. It was after that. It was I will follow you to the dark. That the. The album that that song is on And then I went back And I listened to Plans And all the other stuff I started like uh, I fell into it with Plans Yeah I feel like that's where Most people fell in And, and I I, I kind of missed a boat And I came I got into the Postal Service first See I got into Postal Service Maybe like two years ago And someone was like Have you listened to Postal Service? Like I kind of didn't I was like you should Yeah <laughs> <laughs> They uh, I don't know what it was And it's so funny Because I think At that time I definitely went through phases Where I was like you know, just having music is pushy shit. I don't want to listen to this. And then like, exactly. I completely 180 and that's all I listened to. I love it though. I think it's, it's cool. And I think from there, it's like, I went into the Gibbard's other stuff. And, um, he also has an, he had a band in the nineties, which is like my favorite band name of all time. It's all time QB. Oh. It's such a great band name. And I was kind of upset. It wasn't like a one man band. Cause it's a perfect name for a one man band. Another big one that's on the influences is the gorillas. Oh Yeah. 
yeah, I have aspirations to totally create a virtual band. That's dope. Because, man, was uh, Clint Eastwood their first single? Yeah. Yeah, ever since Clint Eastwood, like, I've been, like, fixated on them, especially with, like, the Adult Swim era where, like, yeah. they were, like, kind of, like, subliminally putting, like, really dope music and, like, art in our faces, and we didn't notice. Yeah. So, like, now we're just like, oh, wait, this is what y'all have been about this whole time. I love, I mean, the visuals, too. Everything about it was just so, it was so different, especially mm-hmm. being, you know, 12, 13 years old, watching it for the first time. And I followed a lot of their like lessons on how to like create music too. Cause oh, cool. After uh, Demon Days, they recorded like the D sides, but they did that on an iPad. Oh, really? And I was like, how'd you do that? And I looked up like how to like put together a studio. And that's how I like built my studio at my house. That's awesome. Based off of that structure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Like, you know, that it's, it's so easy now to, to do a lot of that stuff. And, it's so fun when, when you see professional artists show you how easy it is to do. This was obviously, what, 10 years ago yep. when D-Sides came out. Yeah. Um, I think Thrice released an album that was recorded on GarageBand a while back, maybe about seven or eight years ago, maybe longer. You can do it on your phone now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it's really awesome to see that and then just to see them share that, you know, and it's all about the content, not so much what you're putting into it. And obviously, you know, you put more into it. You can you can make it sound really great. Yeah, you don't need to pay thousands and thousands of dollars. To make do it, it sound like you want it to sound like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I've been like in the dark with my music. Well, I've been working on a lot of music, but I haven't been working on putting out any music. Uh huh. Um, for no reason really. I just kind of like want to have. I I always believe in like lining up uh, all your pins before you knock yeah. them down. So I'm trying to make sure I have a full set of pins before I really knock them down. But, like, there's a lot of weird things I'm working on. Like, I'm trying to, like, like I said, I want to do a virtual band. Um, that would be awesome. I think that we're definitely due for something cool like that. I want a library. I want my library of songs to be so big that I can, like, cut, I chop it up and then release it as different projects. Um, my sound's kind of changing, too. Uh, it was more, like, it was more lyrical rap when I started. Uh-huh. But that was because, honestly, that was, like, the best avenue that I jumped in with. And now it's kind of becoming something more eclectic sounding. Um, very emotional. I realized, like, you know, I don't want to make songs about all these different, like, depressing topics. But then I realized, like, no, nah, that's kind of my sound. So I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I think vulnerability is definitely, you know, it's so genuine. And when, you, when you're when you able to do that, it, it's, it, it shows people that, like, hey, this is what I'm really about. This isn't a front or anything. Yeah. Though sometimes I do get gassed up and want to, like, Spit some bars. Yeah. That, that's what's cool. I, I think that that's what's so great about, like, I think music festivals have done a lot in, in kind of conglomerating all different types of music together. And, you know, you have six or seven different types of, like, general genres that are up there. And people are there for all of them. Yeah. You, ha- you still have, like, rock and roll festivals and stuff like that. I mean, living in San Antonio is kind of... Honestly, all my performances... So... All my other friends that, like, do music, they go to, like, the hip-hop scene and they go and perform out there at those clubs. I've only performed at, like, shows where it's just, like, three rock bands and I'm the only rapper. Or it'll be, like, three rock bands and I'm the only singer. I don't know. That's kind of, like, where I feel comfortable, like, performing because it's, it's, it's a place where your music can be appreciated different. Like, it's, yeah. not just a, it's not just, like, a different flavor of the same food. It's, a, it's unique. It, has, it stands out at different places. Which kind of brings us back to like NERD, yeah, Deptunes. They understand how to like 
mix it up and they know where certain music can stand out and they know where they stand out. So. Yeah, for sure. I think to them, music is just music. It's not like mm-hmm. there's no lines as far as what they can do or what they want to do. It's, it's a little bit of everything. A shout out to Mr. Pidge, by the way. We need to uh, get back in the booth soon. They always ask me to collab and I'm just always in my own box doing stuff. <laughs> How long have you been working on your current music? The stuff that you're doing now or that you haven't put out yet? Um, about six months actually. Yeah. Um, I should have brought some with me, right? Yeah. Next time. We can always, we can always add some later or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of really like ambient melodic stuff. That's cool. Um, when you, when you're working on stuff like that and, and, and as you kind of progress, do you get to a point where you, you feel, do you ever get to a point of completeness? Do you feel like you ever can get to a point where you're like, okay, no. yeah, I feel like it's impossible. Like oh, sometimes. <laughs> It's just, it's more like you just have to like cut the cord and like walk away. Like, All right, yeah. I'm done. Because sometimes you can add those little like intricacies and only you're going to notice. There's, there's, there's a thing I started practicing and people will hear it when I put them out. Um, Frank Ocean actually did it for Blonde and he said it in an interview with a magazine um, where he was talking about, was like, yeah, I took like every different take of a song that I could possibly take because I didn't know what I wanted to sound like and I just recorded all of them and laid them all down at the same time and just like brought up certain parts of certain takes and lowered other uh, parts of certain takes. So every song you hear is technically five songs in one. That's why it sounds so crazy. His voice is all over the place. And like, like I think I've like honed in on that. So it's going to sound a lot, a lot like that. (laughs) I I love that. I love that, that especially when, you know, when you finally release everything, the fact that there's going to be stuff on the cutting room floor that will probably be good too, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that the because you, you don't really see that a lot. I, I remember growing up in the Kazaa age, you oh, know, dude, you, dude, wow, yeah, you you would get like demos and it would sound completely different than the song that was released. Yeah. And sometimes I like the demos more. Like they weren't as polished, but I like that they put this guitar here or like they, this vocal track was on this part. And, you know, they had harmonies on this, and it makes it easier to record to you because you're not so like stiff and like I have to do it like this. Yeah. You could kind of get through them fast. Just like my recording process is like way faster. Like if I have a song in mind, it's probably something I thought about like all week. But when I go and record it, it'll take like an hour to just get it all down. And I'm just editing from there. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I think that that we kind of see that a lot with with the music that's coming out now. And, and I think it's 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 a cool sign of what's to come in the future, too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any kind of shout out to anything you want to just shout out or, or plug? Um, shout out to Zach Avedere. <laughs> Um, shout out my uh, boy Hydroy, uh, aka Metallio. Like I said, shout out Mr. Pidge. I love those guys. My mom, love you, mom. <laughs> That's all you think about. All right, cool. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about as far as like NERD or anything else you want to add? Oh, did I go for days? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, really, I'm thinking about like the next steps in my like creative endeavors. Like, I want to start an art collective. I want to get more projects off the ground. I think I'm ready to get more projects off the ground. Cool. More on the art collective coming soon. Yeah. I, I think that's as good a time as ever <laughs> to kind of get this, uh, you know, set up. And you see this a lot with, with so many you know people who are making like these different collectives that are coming out. And, and I, I feel like it's, you know, why not? You know, I, I got really inspired when I went to Hawaii cause I met the uh, art director for the powwow art collective. It was one of my favorite, like they're my favorite artists. And I didn't know they were in like Honolulu, Hawaii. And we were in Honolulu. I was like, they're, they're down the street. <laughs> so I went down there and I found like Lana Lane Studios and I saw like their whole like 
actual studio setup. And then I saw like how their artistic influence had spread out across the city. Like you can't go anywhere like downtown Honolulu without seeing like a huge mural or maybe like a sticker, maybe like a piece like that's an ode to a certain artist. And like they've spread out and they've gone global, like they've gone to Russia, they've gone to LA, they've gone to Japan and they've spread that like that. And I, it greatly inspired me. I might go back in February. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I think that's my favorite type of art, like whether it's music or art in general, it's just the stuff that makes you want to go and do stuff. Yeah. It's never just like, that's what I mean with the shampoo. The shampoo means it's an Okinawan Japanese term that means combination. Uh, my influences aren't just musical. Like I like making like graphics. I like making visuals. I like, I like writing like a lot. I might do more writing now just because I realize that there's a value in that. Yeah. Do you have any music out now or any, any on like a yeah. SoundCloud or, um, or Bandcamp or something? Uh, if you go on to all platforms, uh, Tidal, Spotify, cool. Apple, a uh, YouTube, Google, just Illis Shampoo. That's I L L E S T C H A M P L O O. Um, I got uh, my last EP that I put out uh, two years ago now. And then uh, the singles I've been dropping since then. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll definitely put a link in the, in the, in the, the, Summary as well. Hell yeah. Awesome. Wait, thank you a lot. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm looking really forward to hearing you sing the song. Thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. Any anytime. Uh so coming up next we have uh Kevin, aka Ellis Champlu, covering uh NERDs, maybe. Yeah. See, love is the egg. And it was born in a cloud with 